hope you're well and I hope your week's been going great. It's your MVP Candice Riley and I am back with another episode. You're probably wondering why I don't bring episodes out like I tried to at the beginning every Wednesday and Sunday but literally work and all of my other activities have been just taking over the time to be able to actually sit down and have a little think because at the end of the day this podcast is about catching feelings so I have to catch feelings on something and I need time to catch those feelings. Um, This week I am talking to a man with such an amazing accolade. I just want to use the whole time really to to do the interview and have you guys immersed in everything he has to say. So today we're not having any news. I'm sorry, but we can't because it just means the recording would be over an hour and I know you delicious people would listen, but I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to try and keep it under an hour. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Also, I've come here with my final packed facts for the beginning of the podcast. So keep listening and I'll give you your wellness tip for this week. In addition, I want to just continue to thank you for listening. I am really, 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 really overjoyed with the amount of people who have joined the Feels podcast, who are enjoying the sound, the feedback I'm getting, knowing that you guys just want to keep listening to the content and that I actually have more things to bring to you and you're ready and waiting to receive it. Today's wellness tip is more about the mind. We're looking at how we can make ourselves feel positive. And recently I asked in a previous podcast about putting down in a diary or a piece of paper all of these positive things about yourself. Now if you're just listening for the first time, maybe you haven't done it already. So let's start now so you can join a bandwagon. The whole idea of what I said before was to write things that were positive about self. So I've got some of them in front of me, which is that I am resilient. You have a funny laugh. Your eyes are brown, not black. And that's awesome. So things just random. But when you look back, it could make you smile or giggle or just something positive. I've been doing some research and in 2014, um, the University of Illinois published a report saying that people who actually um, spoke to themselves, you know, a little bit of confidence, you know, a bit of a pep talk, were actually happier and did well at work. So they um, dealt with challenges and um, found themselves working really well in pitching or board meetings or anything where they found themselves getting stressed. So I was thinking, on top of your little daily quotes, comments, words, why don't you in the morning wake up and look yourself in the mirror and just say this little mantra. So for the Feels podcast, our little mantra is I'm dope, 
and wicked, I'm going to smash this day. So again, the Feels Podcast mantra is, I'm dope, I'm wicked, I'm going to smash this day. So just say it every morning to yourself in the mirror and I hope that that kind of makes you feel better, feel like you've got that confidence to just go out and do your best because you're brilliant. Without shadow of a doubt, I have been keeping you waiting too long. I am now going to let the man of the hour introduce himself and we will get this podcast interview going. My name's Steve Gill and I've been working in the community for a number of years. I'm a project manager. I graduated a postgraduate at the London School of Economics, Innovation in Mental Health. I've been developing and collaborating with a number of um, black community activists and leaders and managers across a number of years. I've developed projects like A Mind is a Terrible Thing to Waste and the Black Men's Health Project in Archway and the Black Health Initiative in Lewisham. My focus is empowering the black community and building resilience in the black community. Thank you. Greetings and one love. I know you work with a lot of people in the community to build on their confidence. How do you do that? What we work on is building confidence and doing things around culture, cultural values, empowerment, mentoring, coaching, and looking at um, our community from a holistic view, cultural point of view, an Afrocentric point of view, which includes um, making them feel comfortable, making the environment comfortable, making them believe in themselves, giving them historical images to look at and to learn about the kings and queens and the famous people in our communities um, to inspire them and to help them get stronger and grow and to build a a network or a safety valve and a support group so they can all feel welcome and we build trust with them which is a very important thing and we try and give them self-confidence and self-belief. So our programs are about building resilience, building empowerment, and building confidence into um, the communities that we serve. All right. Well, you know, this links into my next question, which I wanted to talk a bit more about the projects that you run and, like, what are the strategies you use to really bring out the confidence in people? Well, there's a lot of different strategies, really. I've developed a range of projects in North London, whether it's around black um, male health, um, positive images... Um, respecting our culture Mm -hmm. and our identity and identifying positive things that can keep us healthy Mm -hmm. and um, moving away from our over-reliance on medication 
and more group work in terms of um, black individuals, male or female. So what we've done, we've had various trips to cultural centers mm. and getting people out of themselves and really developing them as human beings. Um, I've developed computer courses and trying to open up opportunities for people because for me, mental health is a bit like this. When your dreams cannot be realized and you know in yourself that you're actually quite a talented person mm. and then you get diagnosed with an illness and you're on a lot of medication, a lot of people's dreams are smashed mm. and people's confidence is smashed. So what we've tried to do in various projects is actually build resilience, build confidence and develop different projects to give people skills, developing a newsletter, developing computer skills, um, a variety of different things mm. so that they can value themselves because a lot of people are undervalued. A lot, a lot of black people in, in general are undervalued. Mm. But when you have that mental health diagnosis, people tend to undervalue you even more. So what we've tried to do is put back into them the confidence so they can go out there and achieve something. Because just because you have a mental illness doesn't mean you're finished. Mm. You're not finished. You're not finished and you're not alone. Yeah, you've you got to really um, bring that into people's minds when they're going through something because I think that's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of someone that's... Uh, just simply depressed it's just they feel like they're alone um yeah and then the confidence sorry it's all right a lot of these centers like for instance the family health isis mm -hmm. in south london in lewisham they do very valuable work you've got the west indian cultural center in north london mm -hmm. they do very valuable work in terms of counselling um, people and in terms of running groups so people feel supported because the individualistic kind mm -hmm. of um, um, standard help you get from one individual, it's not always the case that it's going to be really great or positive outcomes. People need a bit more sometimes and the group work that we do with other individuals there acts as a support valve and a support system like a family oh, so yeah. people people can exchange views they can laugh they can eat food not fish and chips or whatever uh, you know mashed potato or whatever but cultural food cultural food that um they they're familiar with from trinidad or jamaica or barbados or wherever it is uh, are from Africa, the jollof rice, the jerk chicken, and these different places and different foods. So they feel more at home. Mm -hmm. and it's, not, it's not such an intimidating atmosphere. Yes. That's, that's the key thing, to, to develop an atmosphere that they can feel comfortable in mm -hmm. and that they can express themselves mm -hmm. and they can become stronger and they can grow. So we do that and we also give them skills. Yes. so they can develop themselves. Yes, um, sounds yeah. like really great work. Um, so what is it that you think um, black males bring to mental health and how do they help the um, cause? Well, in terms of workers, black 
you know, black males bring a lot of positive energy um, mm-hmm. to working with other black males or black females. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a thing that they call insight. Mm-hmm. When you have insight into your illness, um, they think you're making prog- progress. Mm-hmm. But black males who are working in that environment, we bring insight because our own background is similar to the people that are experiencing different problems. Mm. So the insight we bring, we bring energy, we bring insight, and we bring kind of familiarity. So people feel much more comfortable and they can trust us because that's probably quite a big thing in terms of mental health. We don't over-rely on the medication, which people have called over the years the liquid kosh because it just kills your senses mm. and it kills you inside etc and so therefore we develop things like physical programs like kick out stress Ooh, like okay. a football program and fitness programs and things like that so those types of things we have a familiarity with our community mm-hmm. so people can trust us and they they know we're not going to give them any really heavy drugs what we're going to give them is more inspiration and provide small aspirations for them to develop themselves gain certificates gain um, skills in computers or art and these types of things and move on with their life Mm. or cope with their life and manage it because Mm. as i said before when you have a mental illness you're not finished many maybe many years ago you might have been sort of finished or people would just put you on the side and think, okay, they're never coming back. But that's not the situation today. Yeah. That is not the situation today. The situation today is with more family support, with more access to counselling mm-hmm. and with more groups like Family Health ISIS and the West Indian Cultural Centre and others, with more groups and more people interested and have the awareness, we can support our family members and we can make them stronger and make them come back and manage their life in a more kind of recovery-focused way. Okay. Um, Recovery is possible. Well, this brings me to something I was just thinking about when you were talking about the community effort. Um, It's quite a big question, really, because I've broken it down into two parts so that I think we can really delve into the topic which is um what does the black community have to do really what um could the black community do to create awareness and actions for mental health within their community and is there um is there still this idea that even if black people try to do something there's already uh, dictated choices that black people can actually take to dealing with mental health. Could you give me the first part again, please? So the first part is first. how does the black community deal with mental health? Okay. The black community, probably traditionally, we may not have been dealing with it very effectively, but I think over the years now, um, it's become much more... Um, in the public domain Mm. and many many more people are probably know somebody who's experienced um, some type of stress or mental illness so I think um, 
on the whole, we're dealing with it much better now. Um, there's a lot of taboo around mental health in the Caribbean and probably Africa as well. But I think things are, are getting better slowly, mm-hmm. but surely. But with family support, um, anybody who experiences mental illness within their family, please don't leave them on their own. Please yeah. don't isolate them. Give them that family support and they'll recover much, much quicker than if they feel isolated in a hospital and people aren't visiting them, etc., etc. So I think we're handling it much more, more maturely, let's say, and effectively nowadays. There's still always some room to improve, mm. but things are getting better slowly but surely. Okay. And what can we what can we do as a community? Yeah. I think as a community, um, there's quite a few people in this country. There's quite a few prominent people in this country. We we have MPs, etc. We have health people involved in health. We have managers, nurses, etc. I think doctors, obviously, and psychiatrists. I think really. What we need is more of a national strategy um, that comes from the community mm. and um, develop that and maybe give it to the Department of Health. Mm. Um, there's been various initiatives over the years and um, I think we need to revisit these type of initiatives because at the moment, I think black mental health is not really high on the agenda. Mm. But I think we need to put it back on the agenda because a lot of these issues have not gone. Mm. They have not dated. They have not gone away. There's just less focus on them and there's more focus on other issues like maybe Brexit or maybe something else, immigration or something. Mm. You know, there's of different things that have happened over the years. Um, so... I think we really need to revisit these things because these issues, like deaths in custody, these issues don't go away so Mm -mm. easily. There have been deaths in custody in the past, and this this hasn't stopped. Mm. So I think um, we really need to develop what agencies out there. We need to have a more centralised approach a more strategic approach on what we can do and what, how we can develop our community because we cannot really look at the NHS and various institutions to do it all. Yes. But we need to come together and organise ourselves so we can develop a much better strategy for our own communities, share good practice etc etc we should meet at least once or twice a year i think yeah. on these kind of strategies on how we can protect prevent and build resilience within our own community mm-hmm. because you know as we know um there's a lot of difficult things out there like drugs etc we need to educate ourselves and um protect ourselves so we have some kind of safety valve in our community so we can protect our young people as well as any, everyone else mm. um, in terms of mental health. So would you say for black people, it's figuring out a consensus and trying to build on that as a community. But at the moment, there's almost like just one um, file that's got black on it. And they, um, 
kind of the system works off of that file but anything else they don't deal with it they don't know how to deal with it and they don't want to deal with it can you be more specific so for example let's say um young men are dealing with the abuse that they see in their families and they're lashing out and it is seen as them just having behavioral issues it then manifests later on that they actually were depressed and other things like that but the system itself is built on a couple of strategies and looking at it in a certain way and unless it fits that they they don't have a system and the black community is unaware of those very strict choices when it comes to looking at how to deal with black people yeah i mean services services out there are not uh, culturally sensitive enough. I've done training for GPs, I've done training for housing uh, staff and a variety of frontline staff. So they're more familiar with um, black people, the way black people approach things so that they don't immediately think, oh, this guy is, you know, really, really dangerous. Let's call the police. Because oftentimes black people enter the mental health system via the police. They shouldn't really be going to the mental health system via the police. They should be going through the doctor, Mm. through a nurse, Mm. through traditional, conventional methods. But it seems we're always on the sharp end of things. Mm. So um, it's very unfortunate. But um, oftentimes, black men are seen as big, bad and dangerous. Mm. So we get the harshest treatment in prisons in sentencing in the courts. We get the harshest medication also in terms of psychiatry. Mm. And some of these things really need to change. We're in 2018 now. This is the millennial years. We need to be putting a lot more pressure on um, government, say, local, local government, and central government, so they're much more aware of our issues, and these a lot of these things aren't swept under the carpet. Yeah. Yeah, I want to come back to the bit that you were talking about with um, deaths in custody. Is there something that the com- community could do quite easily to train young people for those survival techniques outside of the house so that they're able to deal with those situations? Mm. Um, I think what what we've got problems here with a lot of youth centres being shut down. Mm. Uh, that's that that's a big problem. Um, a few years ago, you know, quite a few years ago, there was youth centres where young people could go, black and white, everybody could go to these centres, and they're sort of a home away from home where you could talk to youth workers mm-hmm. and you could get support and you could develop skills and you could do activities and etc etc youth clubs youth centers mm-hmm. um you could gain advice on health on sexual health on drugs and, and crime and a whole range of things phse um however at this time those hubs don't exist so much nowadays. So it's very, very difficult um, to 
inform them unless you go into the schools and mm. you start talking about um, how you can prevent these things from happening, etc. In America, you've got the Black Lives Matter. We've got Black Lives Matter here as well. Yeah. So, so instead of maybe the youth services or the youth offending teams delivering information like that, it's left to small organisations like Black Lives Matter to get that information out there and inform and train professionals as well as young people mm-hmm. about difficult, volatile situations. Okay, all right. Um, well, that's an interesting thing to really get our listeners to think about because um, the figures of young men and women having issues around custody, just uh, walking around the streets of London specifically, um, yeah. it's seeming like right now it's becoming more of a volatile area for people, especially when they're black, to uh, be outside and um, to feel safe within their community. Um, We might even just need to talk to people who set up charities as a group, black people as a group working to make those charities stronger so they can maybe um, take ownership of places and run youth centres themselves because if the youth centres are closing down. Yeah, if you're looking for good advice or good information... um, there's a, there's a young man called Chris Preddy, mm. um, and he does a lot of valuable work with schools and youth centres that are around, and um, he's a very dynamic individual. I've worked with him before, mm-hmm. and he runs Make Dreams a Reality. Uh, you can find him online, unless you have the number there, Candice. Yeah, I've, I'm going to put the link to his website. I've actually heard about him before, so um, people yes. can actually get in contact or just find out more about his programmes. Yeah, Chris delivers, you know, really good programmes. He's very dynamic, he's very direct, um, he's funny, he's charismatic, and he does really, really valuable work. And if any young people um, have any difficulties or want to learn and develop themselves, take a look at Chris Preddy's website and mm-hmm. get in touch with him and stuff um, because he's a really dynamic individual who's doing really positive work in the community. What can we do from a mental perspective to properly combat the PTSD from racism? Um, essentially, um, back in the 70s and the 60s, 70s, we had kind of a very kind of positive black power movement. We had um, the black power movement, we had the rise of Rastafarians, we had a lot of black consciousness around that time. Mm. And um, we had slogans like black is beautiful, we had slogans like we're proud to be black, etc. I think we need to go back to some of these kind of essential core core values in our community and promote them because we have the media there's so much media out there um and we need to utilize the media to promote positive messages positive imagery Mm. you have organizations like the manhood academy which i'm part of the manhood academy um i go to meetings etc and um they're doing fantastic work and you have 
various organisations like Family Health ISIS and a range of other organisations. Mm-hmm. What we need is to empower our young people, mm-hmm. the males and the females, respect the women. The women are our goddesses. So we need to respect the man as a king and respect the woman as a goddess. We have to start from respect, real respect, not respect because I slap somebody in the face and I need respect on the street. Mm-hmm. That's not the respect we're talking about. We need real respect coming from the family to mm-hmm. the grandma. We need respect ourselves. Mm-hmm. We need to promote ourselves mm-hmm. in terms of confident human beings. We need to respect ourselves, empower ourselves, and promote our community in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. And I think if we start to do these things, we will build, build more resilience amongst mm-hmm. ourselves. We'll build, build like a seal mm-hmm. around us, a safety valve, mm-hmm. whereby we look at ourselves as positive human beings. We don't down, downgrade ourselves. If we keep calling ourselves dog mm. and dark instead of lion and king, we're already putting ourselves down below where we should be. Mm. That's not dignified. We need to put promote ourselves and make ourselves look good in the mirror. We need to look at ourselves, our own self-image, and say, I'm a king. I'm blessed. I'm a good person. Let me go out there and conquer the world. I'm mm. proud to be black. Black is beautiful. And we need to start from those kind of core values and promote ourselves in those positive lights instead of calling ourselves dog and homie and all these kind of things. Mm. It might sound good on the record, but in reality, we need to see ourselves as king and queen and move on from there. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any other question you want to go through again? Um, No, I just want to add that little bit there. I just wanted to add that little bit. We need to be about empowerment. Yeah. If you chop off that little pause there, yeah? You'll yeah, chop, yeah I'll, I'll... Chop it all up, yeah? Yeah, I'll make it all go together nicely. If I just say, really, what we need to be doing, doing within our community is empowerment and building resilience in young people. Mm. That's what we need. We need to get them away from the phone, get them in the park doing sports, Mm-hmm. Get them to the library, learning about their history, learning about their self. Mm-hmm. Getting them to art, to do creative things. Mm-hmm. Get them away from these computers, yeah? And do positive things with their lives. Get them involved in the community to give back and mm-hmm. do positive things for our community. And reduce the taboo around mental illness, mm-hmm. you know? These are key things that we can do to start. We can't look at the government to do everything. We need to start from within and build from within and build it outside yeah. and build our own house. That's yeah. how I think we need to go forward. Build our own house and build it from within and don't talk about people are doing this and people are... What we need to do is start doing for ourselves and talking about empowerment and mm-hmm. delivering empowerment in our organisations. Just, just to sort of close there, you have various communities that deal with a lot of business and stuff. When you've got Sonia Brown, MBE, she has set up the the National Black Women's Network. Yeah. 
know if about that. If you want to get into business, mm-hmm. talk to Sonia Brown. Yeah. Go to her sem- seminars. Mm-hmm. These are things that we can do to promote our community exactly. and to boost our community. So we're not dependent on jobs. Mm-hmm. We're not dependent on the glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. We can set up our own business, our own, our own company, and move on from there. And guess what? Your spirit will be raised. Yeah. Your confidence will be raised. Yeah. Once you're doing for yourself, you're not beholden to someone else giving you a job and you're not out there so-called begging for a job mm. and you don't get the job and that makes you depressed and you just get the door slammed in your face a hundred times. Go mm-hmm. out there and do, do it for yourself. Yeah. The ladies are doing it for themselves. So the men can do it and we all can do it and we can come together and do positive things for our community. Yeah. One love. Yeah. If I ramble, just chop it up, please. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm finished now. You're finished? I'm all talked out now. Well, um, I really want to say a huge thank you for coming onto the show and inspiring us, motivating us, giving me a lot to think about. I've learned a lot about mental health and the things we can do in the Afro-Caribbean community and the wider community. Um, thank you. No problem. You're most welcome. I'd just like to give a shout out to all the nice people out there. Family Health ISIS in Catford. They're a wonderful centre that provides support for black people around mental health and mental illness. Also, you have the West Indian Cultural Centre in Hornsey. They're a very fantastic centre that they can deliver counselling for you if you need support. So, these are great places to go to get support. Family Health ISIS in Catford, Lewisham. Or West Indian Cultural Centre in Hornsey, North London. If you go online, you can go to Black Mental Health UK to get more information. Mm. I'm Steve Gill, and thank you for having me. Hold up, wait a minute. Oh my gosh. This man is amazing for all the different things that he has just mentioned in this podcast. But I do not have enough time to ramble on about every single one. I'm sorry. I know. I know. But what I'm going to do is going to tag every single company in the description below. And I'm also going to share on Instagram at K-A-N-N-D-I-S-S-R-I-L-E-Y. That's my personal Instagram page all of the different companies and organizations that he shared. He's such a fantastic man for mentioning them all, but actually, I don't want this podcast to be too long, so I'm not going to interject anymore in this podcast. I'm literally going to... This is the last time. Thank you. Recovery is possible. Well, this brings me to something I was just thinking about when you was talking about the community effort. Um, It's quite... A big question really because I've broken it down into two parts so that I think we can really delve into the topic which is um, what does the black community have to do really what um, could the black community do to create awareness and actions for mental health within their community and is there um, is there still this idea that even if black people try to do something, there's already uh, dictated choices that black people can actually take to dealing with mental health? 
Could you give me the first part again, please? So the first part is how does the black community deal with mental health? Okay. The black community, probably traditionally, we may not have been dealing with it very effectively, but I think over the years now, um, it's become much more um, in the public domain. Mm. And many, many more people are probably know somebody who's experienced um, some type of stress or mental illness. So I think um, on a whole, we're dealing with it much better now. Um, There's a lot of taboo around mental health in the Caribbean and probably Africa as well. But I think things are are getting better slowly, Mm -hmm. but surely. But with family support, um, anybody who experiences mental illness within their family Please don't leave them on their own. Please yeah. don't isolate them. Give them that family support and they'll recover much, much quicker than if they feel isolated in a hospital and people aren't visiting them, etc., etc. So I think we're handling it much more more maturely, let's say, and effectively nowadays. There's still always some room to improve, mm. but things are getting better. Slowly but surely. Okay. And what can we what can we do as a community? Yeah. I think as a community, um, there's quite a few people in this country. There's quite a few prominent people in this country. We we have MPs, etc. We have health people involved in health. We have managers, nurses, etc. I think doctors, obviously, and psychiatrists. I think really. What we need is more of a national strategy um, that comes from the community Mm. and um, develop that and maybe give it to the Department of Health. Mm. Um, There's been various initiatives over the years and um, I think we need to revisit these type of initiatives because at the moment, I think black mental health is not really high on the agenda. But I think we need to put it back on the agenda because a lot of these issues have not gone. Mm. They have not dated. They have not gone away. There's just less focus on them and there's more focus on other issues like maybe Brexit or maybe something else, immigration or something. Mm. You know, there's of different things that have happened over the years. Um, so... I think we really need to revisit these things because these issues, like deaths in custody, these issues don't go away so Mm-mm. easily. You know, there have been deaths in custody in the past, and this doesn't, this hasn't stopped. Mm. So, I think um, we really need to develop what agencies out there. We need to have a more centralised approach a more strategic approach on what we can do and what, how we can develop our community because we cannot really look at the NHS and various institutions to do it all. Yes. But we need to come together and organise ourselves so we can develop a much better strategy for our own communities, share good practice, etc etc we should meet at least once or twice a year i think yeah. uh, on these kind of strategies on how we can protect prevent and build resilience within our own community mm-hmm. because you know as we know um 
there's a lot of difficult things out there like drugs, etc. We need to educate ourselves and um, protect ourselves so we have some kind of safety valve in our community so we can protect our young people as well as any, everyone else mm. um, in terms of mental health. So would you say for black people it's figuring out a consensus and trying to build on that as a community but at the moment there's almost like just one um, file that's got black on it and they um, kind of the system works off of that file but anything else they don't deal with it they don't know how to deal with it and they don't want to deal with it can you be more specific? So, for example, let's say um, young men are dealing with the abuse that they see in their families and they're lashing out and it is seen as them just having behavioural issues. It then manifests later on that they actually were depressed and other things like that. But the system itself is built on a couple of strategies and yeah. looking at it in a certain way, and unless it yeah. fits that, they, they okay. don't have a system, and the black community yeah. is unaware of those very strict choices when it comes to looking at how to deal with black people. Yeah, I mean, services, services out there are not uh, culturally sensitive enough. I've done training for GPs, I've done training for housing uh, staff, and a variety of frontline staff, so they're more familiar with um, black people, the way black people approach things, so that they don't immediately think, oh, this guy is, you know, really, really dangerous, let's call the police, because oftentimes, black people enter the mental health system via the police. They shouldn't really be going to the mental health system via the police. They should be going through the doctor, mm. uh, through a nurse, mm. through traditional, conventional methods. But it seems we're always on the sharp end of things. Mm. So um, it's very unfortunate. But um, oftentimes, black men are seen as big, bad and dangerous. Mm. You know, so we get the harshest treatment in prisons in sentencing in the courts. We get the harshest medication also in terms of psychiatry. Mm. And some of these things really need to change. We're in 2018 now. This is the millennial years. We need to be putting a lot more pressure on um, government, say, local, local government and central government so they're much more aware of our issues and these a lot of these things aren't swept under the carpet yeah yeah i want to come back to the bit that you was talking about with um deaths in custody is there something that the com community could do quite easily to train young people for those survival techniques outside of the house so that they're able to deal with those situations Mm. Um, I think what what we've got problems here with a lot of youth centres being shut down. Mm. Uh, that's that that's a big problem. Um, a few years ago, you know, quite a few years ago, there was youth centres where young people could go, black and white. Everybody could go to these centres, and their 
sort of a home away from home where you could talk to youth workers mm-hmm. and you could get support and you could develop skills and you could do activities and etc etc youth clubs youth centers mm-hmm. um you could gain advice on health on sexual health on drugs and, and crime and a whole range of things phse um however at this time those hubs don't exist so much nowadays so it's very very difficult um to inform them unless you go into the schools and Mm. you start talking about um how you can prevent these things from happening etc in america you've got the black lives matter you've got black lives matter here as well so so instead of maybe the youth services or the youth offending teams delivering information like that it's left to small organizations like black lives matter to get that information out there and inform and train professionals as well as young people mm-hmm. about difficult volatile situations okay all right um well that's an interesting thing to really get our listeners to think about because um the figures of young men and women having issues around custody just uh, walking around the streets of london specifically um it's seeming like right now it's becoming more of a volatile area for people especially when they're black to uh, be outside and um to feel safe within their community um yeah We might even just need to talk to people who set up charities as a group, black people as a group working to make those charities stronger so they can maybe um, take ownership of places and run youth centres themselves because if the youth centres are closing down. Yeah, if you're looking for good advice or good information, um, there's a a young man called Chris Preddy. Mm. Um, and he does a lot of valuable work with schools and youth centres that are around. And um, he's a very dynamic individual. I've worked with him before. Mm-hmm. And he runs Make Dreams a Reality. Uh, you can find him online unless you have the number there, Candice. Yeah, I've, I'm going to put the link to his website. I've actually heard about him before. So um, people yeah. can actually get in contact or just find out more about his programmes. Yeah. Chris delivers, you know, really good programs. He's very dynamic. He's very direct. Um, he's funny. He's charismatic. And he does really, really valuable work. And if any young people um, have any difficulties or want to learn and develop themselves, take a look at Chris Preddy's website and mm-hmm. get in touch with him and stuff. Um, because he's a really dynamic individual who's doing really positive work in the community. What can we do from a mental perspective to properly combat the PTSD from racism? Okay, um, essentially, um, back in the 70s and the 60s, 70s, we had kind of a very kind of positive black power movement. We had um, the Black Power Movement, we had the rise of Rastafarians, we had a lot of black consciousness around that time. Mm. And um, 
we had slogans like black is beautiful we had slogans like we're proud to be black etc i think we need to go back to some of these kind of essential core core values in our community and promote them because we have the media there's so much media out there um and we need to utilize the media to promote positive messages positive imagery mm. you have organizations like the manhood academy which i'm part of the manhood academy um i go to meetings etc mm-hmm. and um, they're doing fantastic work and you have various organizations like family health isis and a range of other organizations mm-hmm. what we need is to empower our young people mm-hmm. that the males and the females respect the women the women are our goddesses so we need to respect the man as a king and respect the woman as a goddess we have to start from respect real respect not respect because i slap somebody in the face and i need respect on the street mm-hmm. that's not the respect we're talking about we need real respect coming from the family to mm-hmm. the grandma we need respect ourselves mm-hmm. we need to promote ourselves mm. in terms of confident human beings we need to respect ourselves empower ourselves and promote our community in a very positive way mm-hmm. and i think if we start to do these things we will build, build more resilience amongst mm-hmm. ourselves we'll be build like a seal mm-hmm. around us, a safety valve mm-hmm. whereby we look at ourselves as positive human beings we don't down, downgrade ourselves if we keep calling ourselves dog mm. and dog instead of lion and king we're already putting ourselves down below where we should be and mm. not dignified we need to put promote ourselves and make ourselves look good in the mirror we need to look at ourselves our own self image and say i'm a king i'm blessed I'm a good person. Let me go out there and conquer the world. I'm mm. proud to be black. Black is beautiful. And we need to start from those kind of core values and promote ourselves in those positive lights instead of calling ourselves dog and homie and all these kind of things. Mm. It might sound good on a record, but in reality, we need to see ourselves as king and queen and move on from there. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone who sent in their questions. If you didn't hear your question and you really want an answer from Stephen, he is available via Instagram and Twitter. You can get him on Instagram as sguru7, so that's s g u r u7 and also via email at s g u r u7 at hotmail .com says sguru7 the man is of amazing accolade to the uk he has actually um just launched some other products where you can work with him as a trainer in confidence building coaching mentoring and doing conferences he is a black mental health trainer so if that's something you're looking for get in contact with him he's definitely the guy to get an insight into how mental health is impacting 
just everyone in society and i really want to push what he was saying it's not a just what's happening in the uk it's a what is happening worldwide and if every community has somebody and every community from having somebody has people who are interested in the work that that person is doing and they jump on board we will be able to create a community of people who yes as he said see mental health illness just as cancer diabetes because these illnesses are dramatic they are um dramatic in the sense that it changes your whole life forever but it doesn't need to be the end of your life and that's what he's stressing through community action we can make people want to do more than they ever thought they would do the day before they found out they had um mental health um illness so really do uh, want you to get in contact with him if that's something you're looking for advice you're looking for training or you're looking for someone to speak about uh, doing some type of program or active work in the community towards mental health This was a really long podcast, I know, and I beg that you've made it all the way to the end and you are still here and you love me still. I am still your MVP and you're not hating on me because this was like the longest uh, podcast I've ever done. But I just couldn't cut anything. It was just such a good interview. Please continue to listen to this podcast either on Anchor, Google, Apple Podcasts, whichever podcast platform is your favorite. Please share with your friends. Um please join the conversation on Instagram or Twitter via my account at Candice Riley or via the podcast's account at The Feels Podcast. You can always email feedback to me myself at k a n n d i s s r i l e y that's candice riley at outlook.com or you could facebook me we've got a facebook group now so you could just slide on into the facebook dms or join the group conversation and that's the fields podcast group you can find us there we'd love to have a conversation with you about anything that was brought up in today's podcast or any of the other podcasts Today's motivational quote is I know I didn't leave you come on I would never forget my motivational quote My motivational quote for today is if you don't try how will you know you're not good at it I'm going so deep and heavy in your feelings right now I know it's Sunday and it's whatever time you're listening to this or maybe it's not even sunday anymore and you've just gone through whatever you've gone through waking up in the morning or you're at work or you're on the way to somewhere and you're thinking i just can't be asked anymore let me say one thing to you what we're going through right now is the reason for why you are going to be going through something tomorrow you need to learn the lessons for today 
to be able to accomplish the amazing stuff that happens tomorrow. For if you are not good at what you're doing today, doesn't mean that you will not learn from it and be amazing at something else tomorrow because you will not do the same thing as what you've done today, tomorrow. Learn from what you cannot do to be good at what you can do. I say again, the quote today is, if you do not try, how do you know you're not good at it? Thank you for listening. You're such beautiful people. I love every single one of you. It's that deep in my feelings. I've caught feelings for my listeners. I love that you listen to me. I love that we're growing as a community. I like all the feedback I get from you guys. Remember, you can share it with your friends. You can get in contact with me via Instagram and Twitter at K-A-N-N-D-I-S-S-R-I-L-E-Y. Or you can email me, CandiceRiley at Outlook.com. Or furthermore, we have the podcast platforms on Twitter and Facebook, The Feels Podcast. See you next week. If not next week, the following week. But I will see you soon. Look after yourselves, guys. Catch feelings with me. Thank you.